Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Books and Booze, our basement book club. I am Skylar, and with me, as always, Jessica and Amanda. Still lame. <laughs> we, Still lame. There was no embellishments on that at all. We've gone on a whole trip overseas together since the last time we were in here and nothing. We're, we're not even your lovely co-hosts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my lovely travel partners, my lovely co-hosts, my... The love is gone. It's dead. <sighs> it's dead. It's fine. Heart's not broken. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> How's it going, guys? I'm exhausted. Sleepy. But it's okay. Because we just pushed through anyway. It's the holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Things like that. That's why you don't love us anymore, huh? That's how how great it is. I've been fighting a headache all day and. Yeah. Came home and. Fell asleep for an hour while watching Gremlins. Of course. I came home and laid down and was in the middle of reading a new book and fell asleep. I'm going to see my wonderful brother and sister-in-law and... Baby niece. Baby niece. Baby niece. 10-15 minutes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, we're always so chaotic. We left like 10 things at their house on Christmas, so I'm bringing them over. How's your Christmas? Good. Busy, but good. Mm. You know, it's always like making sure you see everybody and hitting all the houses and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have kids, so we didn't have to play that part in it. Like yeah. staying up late and doing all that stuff. But But you did stay up and were there the night before Christmas at our house. The night before your Christmas, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. Watching Christmas movies and... Yeah, that was really fun. Having Japanese Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I hope that that's a tradition <laughs> that sticks because it was a blast. That was really fun. It yeah. might not be too long before we're doing Japanese Christmas in Japan. <laughs> At this rate, I'm down. Houses are cheap, Amanda. What a trip. Man, we haven't talked to you guys in a while. (laughs) Just last week. I technically. We haven't recorded in a while. I feel like so many life things have happened since we've been in here. It's it's been a minute. Absolutely. Yeah. I had to clean this whole space off. It was piled up. Mm Mm-hmm. It just all the stuff yeah so yeah i mean a two-week trip to japan and then thanksgiving and mm-hmm. in that yeah we didn't hear from nick and amanda for two weeks <laughs> we needed we a healthy break <laughs> we needed to decompress we all needed a healthy break yeah considering we lived in the same house for two weeks and did everything together for two weeks it was so healthy bizarre. it was healthy it was good mm-hmm. i miss it I'm sure we'll do it again. I know. I miss the ramen. Gosh, right? We went to we went to Zing probably a week and a half <clears throat> after we got back. And I love Zing and their food is so good. <laughs> but comparatively, 
No. No, 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 no. It did not hit. I tried... I think it was maybe like the day or two after you were at Zing and I saw your pictures and I'm like, I need some ramen in my life. And I ordered um, Okasan ramen, which mm. is just down from where we both work. Yeah. And uh, had it door dashed. And it was, it was actually pretty good. I mean, definitely compared. Right. Not. Um, but they packed it up like perfectly. They had the noodles separate from the... Um, the inclusions and the broth mm. and it all like went together real nice being oh, delivered cool. yeah. i've never ordered from there i'm gonna have to try it <clears throat> i'd never had it before yeah but i was at a point where i'm like i need this right or i'm gonna cry <laughs> i need this yeah <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. i'm gonna have to try that place yeah definitely okay I just set reservations at Okuroji in Warsaw for Jess's birthday. It's a little izakaya. Yeah. Very nice. Well done. Looking forward to trying that ramen. Yeah. Good job. Did she tell you to do it? No. Oh, I'm proud of you. She's been saying she wants to eat there for a while, and I've been wanting to try it, so it was just a good opportunity to actually set a reservation and go. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Their pictures look fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah, I follow their Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope it's good. You'll have to let me know. Definitely. Yeah. Man, that's coming up, too. Dude, I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you freaking out a little bit, or? In some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Been, uh. Fun, exciting, busy, just busy. Yeah, yeah, for real. Taking two weeks, right in the holidays, is a little rough. And then I came back to just hell work. with work and. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's been rough. Coming back was rough. The jet lag was oh horrible. My gosh. It was intense. The worst I've ever had yeah ever and i remember talking to her in japan and she was just like oh you know what i'd rather travel somewhere where it's complete opposite like 12 14 hours because then you can just revert back really easily i've never had a problem and i got back and i was like it's been a fucking week when does this go away because <laughs> jess said it would be fine <laughs> we were thinking the same thing and that entire week yeah. was insane it was a miserable i have I have traveled many places, many <laughs> times for different lengths of space between where I lived. And I have never, even the last time coming back from Japan, mm-hmm. have never felt like that I think the world for was, that long. I think the world was telling us, hey, you don't belong here. Go yeah. back. Go yeah. back. Because <laughs> I felt like when we went there, I was so exhausted from like a full 26 hours of travel that adjusting... By the time we got there, it was 7 o'clock at night. I was exhausted. Let's go to bed because, yep. no, this isn't working for me. And it was totally fine. Yeah. Well, and but then on the way home, we got back, got in at 7, and then had to get caffeine to drive, you know, customs for an hour and a half, pick up our stuff, mm-hmm. drive for two hours. Sky and I didn't go to bed till like 3.30 in the morning because we were just awake. We didn't even go to bed at 3.30. We got back at our house at 2. And I was like, well, I'm awake. We might as well, you know, clean out our suitcases, get some laundry started. What we were doing? We didn't go to bed until 7. Oh, my God. 
I kid you not. Then we woke up at like probably 12, 1230, went and got food, came back and fell right back asleep. We went to bed. It, yeah, it was around 330, I think. Was, and then I, I we were up at six. Yeah. Terrible. We were up at six. And then I think we napped from like noon to four. That's going to mess you uh-huh, up. Uh-huh. It was terrible. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was, and, like, that Tuesday was the worst day I've ever had as far as being tired. I went I went to work, and I got home, and I plopped down on the couch, and I slept from, like... The whole night. Yeah, from 4 to, to 7 the next morning. And then I still woke up tired. I, like, I don't understand what the fuck is going on, but I was dying. It was so bad so bad so sorry i got your hopes up but i was like just said this will be fine (laughs) never experienced that either well and i'm just like i'm only in my 20s what is wrong (laughs) i think a lot of it has to do with like the time that we got back and just you know crazy i would do it again though in a heartbeat Uh, yeah 100 percent. like without a doubt we wouldn't have to worry about coming back you're not wrong (laughs) i'm telling you it's like 600 dollars for a one-way ticket Honestly, best purchase of your life. I'm telling you. What was the cost of the house I sent you guys a little bit ago? It was like, it was 70, like 70 grand. Like right? 70, 77, yeah. yeah. It was six bedrooms. US and, dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. Sell this. We could buy three houses in Japan. Absolutely. For real. <laughs> you get a vacation house up north, vacation <laughs> house down south, and then a house Live in, in the right middle. middle. <laughs> Have spending money because we sell all of our possessions we're not taking. You'd have to. There's not that much space over there. Mm, Absolutely. Which would be fine. I wouldn't want to ship it all anyway. Yeah, no. Imagine the cost of that. Hey, it's real quick and easy and cheap with Yamato Transport. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's so funny. So, uh, if you guys are interested, listeners... I am going to be doing a full Japan episode the first week of January or the second week of January for Golden Image. Japanuary. Japanuary. Um, <laughs> God damn. As requested by one of the uh, Golden Image listeners. So, Are we invited? We were there. We did go. <laughs> we we were on that trip, yeah. For two weeks. <laughs> we were there. In the background of that picture you took of you, Nick. Yeah. We're there. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> so this is a court of silver flames. By Sarah J. Mass. Currently, the last book in the uh, Court of Thorns and Roses series. There are more to come, though. Published in February of 2021, which threw me off because I'm like, wow, that is so recent. I didn't oh, wow. realize how recent that was. 784 pages. Trigger warnings include PTSD, abuse, recollection of sexual assault or rape, depression, childbirth complications, alcoholism, and death. Is that all? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> That's all right. I got at the time. 
Nesta Archeron has always been prickly, proud, and swift to anger and slow to forgive. And ever since being forced into the cauldron and becoming High Fae against her will, she struggled to find a place for herself within the strange, deadly world she now inhabits. Worse, she can't seem to move past the horrors of the war with Highburn and all she lost in it. The one person who ignites her temper more than any other is Cassian, whose position in Reese and Feyre's night court keeps him constantly in Nesta's orbit. Along with the heat of her temper, the fire between them is undeniable and only burns hotter as they are forced into close quarters with each other. What a line. The fire is hot and only burns hotter. Meanwhile, the treacherous human queens who returned to the continent during the last war have forged a dangerous new alliance, threatening the fragile peace that has settled over the realms. And the key to halting them might very well rely on Cassian and Nesta facing their haunting pass. Against the sweeping backdrop of a world seared by war and plagued by uncertainty, Nesta and Cassian battle monsters from within and without as they search for acceptance and healing in each other's arms. okay what did we think so how did you (laughs) how did you consume this book did you you read it or did you listen to it graphic audio okay us too graphic audio I literally had been putting this book off until the graphic audio came out because I read the second part. Yeah, because I had listened to the others that way. And so felt wrong to just read it. Well, absolutely. You know? Yeah. But I really enjoyed the graphic audio. I mean, I all of them. The graphic audios were spot on. With the acting and the sound effects, it, they were great. Absolutely. We were talking about this a few a few weeks ago when we when we both finished it. And I'm so glad that I read this book before I listened to the graphic audio. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... You know, your first time reading it, you, you I think you pull a lot more out of it, but the graphic audio just, it... Adds such a layer. Yeah. Such a higher layer of awesomeness. I can't think of a good it's word. It's a movie in your head. <laughs> it's, it's just, it makes it different, <clears throat> and I think it makes this book re-readable to me. Because I, this mm-hmm. is... This is not my favorite book in this series. Agreed. It's agreed. I, it's just not. I mean, but but the graphic audio adds just that that layer to it that made it interesting enough for me to be able to re-listen to. It was neither of our favorites having read it last year. I mean, we enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was okay. It definitely wasn't like favorite book favorite storyline or anything like that but um i know at least for me and i think for sky listening to it the voice actors for those main people that were with the whole time were fantastic so good they were incredible they were exactly what they needed to be for these characters and i i enjoyed it even more 
this second time mm-hmm. around, which you don't always get consuming different media a, a follow-up time. Right. Right. Liking something more. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Well, getting into, like, the story aspect of it, it's no secret. I was not a fan of Nesta going into this. Oh, no. I mean, I think that that's how she was meant to be written. Yes. That she was the spoiled sister, never had to do anything. Growing up, she let Feyre do everything, you know, putting her little sister on the line. And, you know, she was her mother's favorite, you know? Didn't really have to do much. And then, yes, the tragedy happened. She was made and all this stuff. But I was not her biggest fan going into this book. I do appreciate her character a lot more going in and learning about how much PTSD she had from all of that and how much trauma she had and she just didn't know how to deal with it honestly and she just turned to self-loathing it would yeah it was terrible absolutely and uh but I did really enjoy the story of her you know learning to forgive herself making the friendships that she did Finding that love in Cassian that she knew was there and she kept pushing away the entire time, which obviously I enjoyed the story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my favorite storyline, <clears throat> but it was good. The action parts were really good. Yeah. Her searching for the trove, you know, all that stuff with Brie Allen. It was good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there were some parts that were not my favorite. The smut parts. Good. Very, very good. They were done very well. Very good. Okay. This is probably the smuttiest one out of the entire series thus far. It absolutely is. And go ahead. No, go ahead. This is the first book in the series that's rated adult, right? Yes. The Mm -hmm. rest are young adults. So, I mean, she she takes that and she runs with it in this book. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely scenes in the other ones that we've talked about, but not like this. This is good. The quantity and the description is definitely heightened. When I read it, it was too much. Mm. Because I feel like (laughs) you could take out three-fourths of the smut in this book, shorten it by about 300 pages, and you still get the same story. You know, it's great that, you know, she's she's under the table with (laughs) Cassian having a good time. Does it add anything to the story? <laughs> to me, it doesn't, though. I mean, you know, it. <laughs> it's it's just it's too much for me personally. That's fair, and it's not it's not for everyone, and that's okay. <laughs> the side eyes that you're getting right now, <laughs> but judging my frustrations with the book. Were just like little tidbits in the story. Like, I was very, very, very annoyed when all she did was get mad that Cassian almost died and then she just killed Brielle. And I was like, what is all that buildup for? What What is the buildup? We've been like going the entire book not knowing what she's going to do, what move she's going to make. Oh, she did this. And then we don't hear about her for weeks. And all of a sudden, like, you just burned her to death. Like, it's like, I understand you don't know how to use your power. And it was like, whatever. But I was like, come on, man. All this talk of her power and this build up on what she can do and how she's 
death incarnate and she's an immovable force and then it's i thought it was just not. a cheap way to kill her off it's it's kind of like aelin's build up yeah and yeah. then she doesn't even kill erewhon exactly <laughs> i was just like come on man that i was pretty disappointed because i was just like that when that part came up and you know the Cassian Winnow's in, and Briallen's there, and he's under control of the crown. I was like, oh shit, oh shit, like it's it's about to go down, like I don't know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden she just killed her so fast, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And all, and all is good, and now we got to go save Feyre. I was just like, man, <coughs> I just felt like that could have just been extended out a little bit longer, considering all the buildup of like finding all these things, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I know that there's more books coming, so it didn't really bother me that Baron didn't really play much of a factor in, yeah. outside of the fact that just talk of him siding with Brie Allen. Uh, it, it, it brings up an interesting point to the next books on who's going to be the main villains, though. Yeah, because you, still, big co- baddie. you right. still have Coche out there, <clears throat> Baron's out there. Honestly, I'm hoping, thinking, that one of the future books, I'm hoping that there is some type of redemption story for Tamlin. Yeah, I could appreciate that. I'm thinking that that's going to be a story arc somewhere in there. I think so many people are waiting for that, too. Yeah, yeah. I I do want that for him. I did like him in the first book. I... I just, I think that he deserves a little bit of light. It's not like he wasn't dealing with PTSD as well. Right. Even if he wasn't channeling it properly. And we did talk about that. They yep. just didn't know how to communicate with each other and what they each needed mm-hmm. at that time. We've talked about that. Wow. It sounds like Ness and Cassia. Crazy. Uh, Recurring themes. My least favorite trope is miscommunication. Yeah. Least favorite yeah. romance book trope is miscommunication. And the whole... She didn't ask me to stay. Oh, he didn't stay. <laughs> Drove me freaking nuts. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Do we think the next book is a focus on Elaine and Lucian? Or, I mean, where where do we go in the series after this book? Well, wasn't there a look between Elaine and Az? We are either getting Elaine's book or Azriel's book. I would put money on that. Yeah. I, do I don't know. know whose. Do you really think she's going to write a book where the main character is a male? I would love it. I would love that. I think she'll stick with Elaine to keep it with the three sisters. Oh, yeah. Prob- probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I really want to I, go- Yeah, I would agree. Keep it in the, in the court. <clears throat> I really want to go and listen to some of her interviews because- she definitely like hints at little things or makes like comments in like long ago interviews about Elaine mm-hmm. that <clears throat> seem to like not have played a factor yet. So I definitely. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I also did have moments where I wasn't. So for example, when they go and um, to the middle and get the mask and she gets pulled under and all this stuff. I had like a moment of wor- of worry that like something was going to happen to her and I'm just like, "Oh wait, it's SJM. She doesn't kill off main characters." <laughs> Cuz I thought of then at the end too when she was fighting Bellius. 
during the during mm-hmm. the blood rite, and I was just like, oh, what am I what am I worried about? I would pay money for her to rewrite the end of this book, and Nesta dies at the pass. Because I mean, you know, they 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 build up this lore about yeah. about the blood rite, and it's an alias, an alias, and her their last stand at this this it, underpass, right? Yeah, that yeah. And I, how he I drew just, the line and right. I think it would have just. I think it. It would have just added like this whole complex layer to to these books had she died there and maybe taken Brie Allen with her. Of course. Hmm. I'm but, always on the other side of that. I'm not. Right. I'm not a fan of of killing off the mains, especially because right. I would not want Cassian sad. I was gonna Cassian say Cassian deserves to be happy. Cassian would be sad. Feyre and the babe would have died. Then Reese would have died. It would have been a whole thing. Book series done. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> man, you just killed off like three Half quarters of our cast. <laughs> man, I think part of that though is is to it was to show the parallels of Nesta and Anelius in that that whole time frame and place and thought process and all that but then to finally see her instead come out even more victorious you know what i mean mm-hmm. oh i mean i think def- he was able to i definitely get it i mean you know it's how do i say this it's um it's it's the final part to her growth that she's willing to stand and fight for her friends and and you know kind of the final the final seed in that in that story for her and you know honestly i i think my favorite part of this book are uh gwen and emery i i i thought they played so much more of a role when i got to hear them i agree mm-hmm. as opposed to just reading them and it's it's so funny because like during the training scenes and stuff with the graphic audio, you can hear them like giggling in the background. Uh, yes, that's why the, these graphic audios is so good because it just adds that layer. That I feel reading it, you just kind of you glance over, you know, and Quinnarius giggled, and <coughs> actually hearing it is is different than reading a description of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely, a movie in your mind. <laughs> Yeah, their friendship was really sweet. But I think that Nesta truly like showed her colors and became like worthy of being part of the night court when she invited the priestesses to come and train. I mean, just like looking out for others. I mean, that's kind of like what the night court stands for. I mean, yeah. Reese went under the mountain for 50-some years to protect Valaris and all of his family. You know, like they fight for each other and they have each other's backs. And so I think that she really showed that she can have true potential in the court and have a real standing place when she did that, let alone when she let her friends go and win the entire blood right while she stood, like not knowing if she was going to live or not expecting to die. Yeah. You know, I wish there would have been a little more fanfare on Emery and Gwyn afterward. Yeah. The fact that, you know, yeah. Uh, what there was only, I mean, the bad boys plus what one other person ever who touched the stone mm-hmm. so and that one other person is dead yeah there were only four of them yeah, yeah. ever 
there were only 12 that had ever gotten to, to the base of the mountain. The base. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. But that's crazy. So I just, I wish there would have been a little more hype on that afterward. Right. right. Big deal. I, I would have liked to see a scene. Of them like arriving back. Of Devlin <clears throat> after he figures out that mm-hmm. the, that Gwen and uh, Emery. Emery won. Yeah. He's pissed. He's gonna be pissed. So maybe the next book is a war with the Illyrians because... Because we know there's still unrest there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Civil war. I would... Or did Devlin do it to maybe help settle some of that unrest and prove that females... Maybe Devlin isn't the bad guy we've made him out to be these entire books. Well, but we know that... Devlon is the most reasonable of any of the right. camp. Yeah, that's true. So leaders. maybe he took those three into the blood right to prove that women are capable. I mean, you know, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but no, I thought it was Brienne that did that. Brienne masterminded that. She was going to take Emery because she knew that Nesta would come. Nesta for her. would come regardless of the law, and then Nesta just happened to be there. She's like, "Oh yeah, throw all of them in there." She's like, oh, it was a happy little accident that you just all ended up here. I'd pay my firstborn to have a clip of the next book. Oh. I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Took that one back real quick. <laughs> like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like something comparable. Just for a chapter. Is she working on it? She's working on it, right? I think we just heard recently that she, that she officially said that she's working on oh, it. Oh, yeah, because she had made a comment about how she's been, really enjoyed getting back into that world. Yeah. Well, she mm-hmm. finished CC3. Mm-hmm. She finished it a little while ago. The editor just finished the editing. Yeah, because she just got the cover of the book. And we got a month. So it logically makes sense for her to jump back into Agatha, right? I would like to hope so. Well, she also said that Throne of Glass might not be done. I don't know. I can't say that. Never mind. Yeah, I haven't finished Crescent City. It hasn't. Well, there's no. Did you start the second one? No. Okay. I'm going to reread one with Sky. Mm. Because I'm about a quarter through. I'm about a quarter through, too. Hmm. What do you think is going to happen with the new, like, made tros? The Nestum. The Nestum made, like, the dagger and those other two swords. Well, they're all back in the night court. I know, but do we think that they're going to play a part? Like, someone's come... got them warded, right? I mean, no, he's got the original three, um, trove. Trove warded. No, those went back to where they found them. More did yeah. that. Yeah, more took them away. More did that after she saved Feyre. Moore took them and put them back where they found them. It was like right at the end. The yeah. trove? All the th- original trove. All three. The harp, Nesta the mask. Because didn't want anything to do with them. Yeah, the harp, the mask, and the crown. I thought they took him back and rewarded them. I thought they did that for the swords. I think you're right. Moore did take mm-hmm. the original three back. I remember that because yeah, yeah because Nesta she said was she easily... didn't want to wield them, wanted nothing right. to do with them. Right. It doesn't matter. She can just summon them at any time. Yeah, but out of sight, out of mind as much as possible, right? True. Plus, can she still do that if she gave the power back to the cauldron? She still has power, though. Yeah, which is... That, that 
is one of my biggest issues with this book is they they hype up the use of any one of these objects of the trove to being like a major thing or you know something you can't even like get through or can't do or whatever which she ends up being able to do with no issue which the power from the cauldron you know get that then she does all three of them and then they're also making it out to be you know the more strings you pluck on the harp the more consequence or um you know the bigger the deal of it and so they're like you know she plucked the final string she did all all of it and you know of course she got to do what she did and and mm-hmm. everything but they're all she says is you know I'll, I'll give you whatever i'll give it back as long as you save them and it happens she has some sort of connection with the mother and the cauldron and does that and then it's just it's just all done right like there i feel like yeah she had to give back but i felt like with all of that build up to wielding all three how how dark these objects were and then wielding them to their greatest potential that there should have been some more like kickback at her well i feel like after that like nothing happened to her well yeah and then i feel like she just moved on with her life yeah but i feel like after that once people heard about that she's gonna be a bigger deal than favor the curse breaker like someone who's wielding these three troves that people didn't even know if they still existed because they're so old kind of crazy kind of crazy and then we just kind of like did this nice little thing she made a bargain with the cauldron and we went about our day and everyone was happy and they had their mating ceremony (laughs) the end of this book is so quick it's rushed for sure and i dislike it so much you know what so there's so much you can flush out if they would have taken out that her under the table scene they probably would have been able to fit more in exactly (laughs) sergey moss hadn't wrote 18 fucking chapters of them fucking then we wouldn't we We would be sad then we would be so sad we could have had a great end to this book she could have just made the book longer honestly (laughs) i would have read it (laughs) give that book a bigger wingspan Ooh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, thanks. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there were just some issues with the end. I didn't mind the story, like, in the middle, though. Yeah. It did get a little slow with, like, the training and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but then they kind of, like, picked it up when they were doing the obstacle courses and things like that, and yeah. I enjoyed that when they added the stuff that they were learning about the Valkyrie. That was all interesting, and I liked that part of the story and her battling with her mental demons it was good honestly my favorite character in this whole book was the house of wind <laughs> that's fair <laughs> just drops smutty books on her table and... he just wanted a friend what is it what what is the house of wind because they kind of go over it with Amran. Amran's like well it's alive but nobody knows well, what it is i think it was reese who mentioned that with Nesta having the powers that she had, like she was able to imbue these swords and make them essentially that all she wanted when she got to the house of wind was a friend, a friend Mm -hmm. connection. And essentially her will was imbued on the house. 
Well, that's why, like, the darkness in the pit of the library was the heart of it. And yeah. so that's why she said when she went down there, she, like, recognized it for what it was and chose yeah. not to be afraid, and it answered to her. So she essentially made the house come alive. Yep. It ha- was my, what I was processing. Mm-hmm. But isn't the house alive in the earlier books? I don't think so. I don't think it, like, drops stuff off or anything like that. I could have sworn that it, like, delivered food and well, all that. Well, that's a little different because you can imbue, like, magic into, like, places, like, with um, the cabin in Illyria, how mm, yeah. they could always, you know, make sure that a, a fire got started or warm it up beforehand. Um, you know, like, Reese could do that with his magic. And so, you know, having, like, their food just come out from the kitchen and just be there, you know, things like that. But to be able to have a nonverbal communication and, like, autonomous actions from the house, I don't believe that happened before. Interesting. 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 Okay, Amanda. Mm-hmm. So what part made you cry more? The Cassian Nesta fight, the Cassian almost killing himself, or the Feyre almost dying? <laughs> None of them. Really? No, I cried when Gwen and Emery were going through their backstories. That's where I cried. And it, it wasn't like a intense, but I didn't. Tears were streaming down my face. It wasn't Cassian Nesta thing. They they argue. That's what they do. She pushes him away. He tries to fight back. She pushes more. He gets pissed off, walks away. It's what they do. Farrah dying, that did that was hard. And I think it was hard listening to it with Resand screaming in the background. That broke my heart because I love Resand. <clears throat> and everything that he Especially everything that Feyre means to him. And I know that like that we had talked countless times throughout this book of what he was trying to do to save her. And, you know, trying to find a way. And it just wasn't working. And then all of a sudden she went into labor early and started bleeding. And it was a whole thing. That broke me was listening to him screaming. That was where the graphic audio was a little rough. <laughs> but it was Gwen and Emery talking about their past that they had been so reluctant to share. And then they're in the situation where there's like, hey, all we have is each other. Here it is. It was really, it was really sweet, but it was really sad what they went through. And I'm glad we finally got that backstory. I wish that there was more, but I'm glad that it came out. That's what made me cry, honestly. I just love their friendship so much. That trio. Yeah. One of my faves, honestly. What about you? Did you cry? You said you cried. I I didn't I didn't cry. Um, Alicia was over giving Jess one of her birthday books, and they were sitting in there chit chatting. So I threw my headphones in. And I was like, I'm gonna finish this book, and uh, I went downstairs and was cleaning up. And we get into that that Feyre scene at the end, and I sat down on the couch, and I mean, it was like I had that knot in my throat, and it it. I think it hurt a lot more listening to it mm-hmm. with the graphic audio than it did reading it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't cry per se, but it was pretty close. 
Because I mean, that's it's just an intense, an intense chapter, uh, start to finish. Well, and I feel like because they had found out about Feyre and Reese's bond or their bargain about leaving the world together, which I understand from a political standpoint is so stupid, but they're like crazy about each other, right? And so, but then it was never talked about because Az and Cass had to go save Eris. Amarin was the one that like scolded them apparently, but we never got a glimpse of that, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, Nesta's still in the blood, right? She didn't even know about that. And then all of a sudden she, Feyre starts bleeding and everyone like immediately blood rides over. Bray Allen's dead. We got to go rush because Feyre's dying. So everything in that room was so intense because it didn't only mean that Feyre and the babe would die, but it also meant that Reese would die. Like their brother, their sister, and then their nephew. Like there was just so much going on. Like that moment meant so much to a lot of people, but it it was intense and listening to it was intense. Did you cry? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, um, I had two big spots and I think the first one was maybe like two thirds of the way in or whatever when Ness and Cassian have like their first heart to heart and like he's telling her that she actually is worth something and Mm -hmm. like he's going in that whole monologue of good and, and and that got me that was so emotional um and then the second one is when they uh, after she told pharaoh what was going on and he took her out hiking and they finally got to their end point at that lake and then she just broke down yeah about everything oh my gosh yeah (laughs) i uh struggled at that point yeah so much i i think i did struggle a little bit during the that scene where nesta is telling Feyre, telling Feyre oh. everything ah because yeah. I, I totally forgot about it mm-hmm. until it came up and i'm like oh yeah and in the graphic audio i mean the, the voice acting Feyre's, in these books is so good Feyre's response she just sounds so small like, yeah what what do you mean like mm-hmm. yeah there were just so many good like emotional moments i think where it was just relief understanding a big one for me too was when nesta was having her nightmares and reese came in and like calmed her down and even he was distraught because he's like i didn't know her trauma ran so deep and was trembling himself because he had been on her ass from the beginning didn't understand why she was acting the way she was why she was so ungrateful all these things yeah and then just that moment of like he actually saw it and he felt it. That w- I think that was big for like him to see her as okay. Well, she's also dealing with shit too. He hates going in people's minds, like yeah. So doing that for the first time, yeah, was just really jarring. Also, when they hugged at the end after he saved them, that was really sweet. When he thanked her, that was really sweet. On his knees for more than his court and his high lady. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about the final real 
hot topic of this book in my mind. Is Reese going to be High King? <laughs> no, stop it. I think that was just a teaser. Like, I think something's going to come of the High King thing. But I do to, not right? think it's going to be Reese. Who else would it be? I saw a theory that it would be Lucian. Because, oh. because he's technical son of the Day Court. Mm-hmm. Known son of the Autumn Court. Ties to Spring. Ties to the Human Realms. Ties to the Night Court. Mm. He's the Everyman's man. I do like his voice, too. I, I can't stand when he freaking comes in these graphic <laughs> audiobooks. When he moves his eye. Yeah, and it goes... <laughs> 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 Just call him Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Okay, but you can listen to the winnowing and be fine. No, I hate that too. <laughs> I see that it's one, the TARDIS. Of, the, one of the earlier episodes that it sounds like the freaking TARDIS. Dude, honestly, Our at the doc- end though, when after Cassian like turns the knife towards himself and like the <sighs> cauldron power comes back to her, it sounded like Mario. <laughs> like the star or whatever. Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> I was just like, what the heck is this? <laughs> oh, man. Hmm, Lucian, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That seems the most plausible of anything I've seen so far. If that High King thing comes to be or is a continued topic, which I feel like it's going to be, because why would it have ever even been brought up? Yeah, I think Reese does have very different priorities now than what he would have when he was just like power, power, power. He knows he's powerful, but now he has you know, a family and other things that he cares about. And I think that if it was for the betterment of, you know, the entire, the entire world and whatever war that they were facing, he would listen. See, I can see, um, High Lord of Hewn City, like how he's supposed to be viewed wanting to be High King, but actually Reese as Reese, I don't, I couldn't see him ever probably want to do that. No. He just wants to take care of his own. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a priority. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what what comes of these next books and within this series. Yeah, I'm excited. I think one part that annoyed me, other than like I mentioned the harp at the end, the only other part that like really annoyed me was I understood the fact that there was a fallout with Nesta and Amrin and how that really like that was a big struggle for her because you know one person that she felt she had at all and then she didn't but the annoying part was is that three quarters of the book it's just insinuated that something happened something happened that night on the boat or what you know whatever it was and we don't actually even hear that there was an argument or what it was until like three quarters of the way through the book just like say they had an argument about this and then still refer to it, not just, not just go. Ah, oh, well, there's, there's a rift there, or. And I didn't think that the argument was that big of a deal no. to be talking about it for five hundred pages. And just making it a like making it such a mystery, right? Either yeah. it drove me nuts. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So. So now that we've had a little intermission so you could read that bonus chapter, how are you feeling? That was sad. Wasn't that so 
uncomfy. <laughs> I get it, but I like... <sighs> like, from all sides, it's such a tricky thing to yeah, navigate. It's dicey. I understand his frustration, though. I mean, Cassian finally gets his girl. Reese had his, and like, he's the last brother that is just... He's always been lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like that he had to... You know, he just, like, shut down into nothing. He's like, I'll just be nothing again. Yeah. That was really sad. I feel so bad for him. Well, and and a lot of people read this bonus scene and, like, it makes them dislike Reese. And, like, I definitely didn't get get that. that. I, I, I think it's at a point in time where he's, like, you know, he's stressed. Mm -hmm. But, like... He just, it doesn't necessarily phrase it like the best. <laughs> the best. I don't think either of them phrase what they're saying the best way. And you know, when there's conflict, not everybody says the right thing. And I think my big issue with this bonus chapter in particular is the fact that Reese is, he's so caught up in the political game of everything. And specifically with Elaine because you know it's a tricky it's a tricky path to navigate anyway with her being mated to somebody but I mean you just that's obviously it's not what she wants it's not what she's wanted for the last three books no but he is the big political person like right. he, he has to be I mean he's I'm sure he doesn't want to think that way either, but yeah, he has to. I'm sure he'd love for them to be happy as they want to be, but he has, has to have that other thought. I I think my, my other issue is, is the fact that, you know, it's, it's very obvious from the second book that Nesta and Cassian are mated, whether it's established or not. And... Reese never blinks twice while she's out doing her thing or whatever. So, to me, does it really make a difference whether she's made it a delusion or whether she's sleeping with Az or, you know? Yes. It's her choice. In two counts. Of course. I think personally, but I think him still looking politically. Cass and Nessian. Ness and Cassian. <laughs> were I mean they're both night court but Lucian is autumn court and and they've got other they've got other rules and traditions there and I think a big one was him being able to invoke the blood duel and let alone he's a homeboy to the humans yeah and and being an emissary and like trying to keep good relations because this isn't just within his court now it's crossing paths i I don't think it has anything to do with like elaine making her decision on what she wants to do it's as pursuing her that is the issue he cannot actively be pursuing her and he just assumes everything's going to be okay with lucian and autumn and the humans and everyone else that lucian is involved with so it's as making moves on her. I don't think that it's Reese not wanting Asriel to shoot a shot or to be happy. I think it's Reese having to be that mediator and that voice of reason, at least at this point, when Elaine hasn't made a choice on anything. Right. A hundred percent. 
and 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 I don't remember if it was I haven't read that in a while, but I don't remember if it was explicitly stated in there or if um, it was just me from reading other things. But it's like, you know, if Lucian were to choose to invoke the blood duel, he doesn't think that Asriel would die, but he doesn't want Asriel to kill Lucian. <laughs> that wouldn't be good either. Politics are tricky, and I, I think he has to think that way. I don't think he's wrong in what he said. I don't think how that's it was, what he wants I say, for Asriel either. How it was phrased to forbid him to yeah. see her or that he needs to stay away from her, worded wrong. But I also think that what Az was saying coming at him, it was heat of the moment, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think Reese wants, you know, to be like that. And I know he doesn't want Asriel upset, you know, or sad or lonely or yeah, he whatever said before that he hates playing the he hates playing that card where he with his, his position trumps everyone else with his circle yeah yeah because they are all friends he says he hates doing it but man he sure seems to do it a lot i disagree i also disagree really because it seems like every time it happens in these books he's like i don't want to do this but i'm your high lord he does it with Amran. he does it with cassie and he does it with asriel but how many yeah, times does Amron say something and then he's like, well, what Amron says goes. Yeah. And and this is, you know, we're seeing these times and it's once in 500 years, twice in 500 years. But he does it that many times in the span of, what is this, three years? There's major things going on. I just, I, <laughs> I, I can understand why people would look at him in a, a different light at the end of this extra chapter. At the end of the tiniest chapter where he literally has 10 lines. I, but legit- Changes your entire perspective of a character. That's ridiculous. This whole this whole book puts Rhysand in a lower light. Keep in mind, the perspective is from a different, a totally different person. Someone though. who literally hated him at the beginning of the book. Do I think he made good choices? No, I don't think he made good choices. But we're also getting a perspective, yes, of somebody that loathed him mm-hmm. as opposed to someone that was in love with him. I'm still in love with him. <clears throat> I don't... This book isn't written from Nesta's perspective, though. Um, I, I don't mean, understand it's, what it's you It's focused mean. on Nesta, but, I mean, a good chunk of the book is almost third person. Third person, but still from... Not from her first person perspective, but from her third person perspective. Yeah. It's still her thoughts, her feelings. Yeah, it's still Nesta brain focused. Mm-hmm. God, I just I uh... Reese makes a lot of choices in this book that to me are questionable, and it it makes me really question him. I mean, you know. Not telling Farah. That's a that's a big deal. And oh, absolutely. Her finding out the way she found out was not okay. But, I mean, he should have sat her down as soon as he knew and been like, hey, listen, here's the deal. The boy was that scared. Is, I, and that's but, that's fine. But, but, yeah, that is the big controversy of this book. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's, I it's don't, him Feyre's, not telling her. Yeah, it's Farah's body. It's her. She's growing the child. She has a right to know. You're not wrong, but I don't think that anybody can say that they would have acted differently out of fear when it's someone that you love with a baby. He was nervous. 
Yes, he should have told her, but he didn't tell her, and he paid for it. Did he though? I'm I'm kind of in the in the middle of of those two thoughts on it, because I, I mean I definitely agree he was wrong not telling her. I can get where you'd be scared and nervous and maybe postpone it a week, but months and months and months, and then tell everybody else. I just and say don't tell her. I just think using that as applause to Hell diminish no. his entire character that we've built throughout the series is ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's proper. I mean, it's not in a normal situation. He's absolutely terrified. Yeah. He should have handled it better. Yeah. But it's not just that. I mean, it's it's the way that he handles Nesta throughout these books where he's constantly looking at her again from Nesta's point of view. But it's not even even in the in the books before this. I mean, you know, there are times where he looks at Nesta like she's like she's a or an object. I, he does, and I agree with him in that point. If, if, if your siblings were treated you the way that her siblings treated Feyre, or or didn't treat her, or whatever, I would also despise them and give them no care. There would be no redemption hmm. until there was, you know, obviously a major redemption, something like that. But I wouldn't look twice at them being anything other than dirt. I'm going to say, if it's they, like them hurting you. Yeah. Someone she they, they loves and cares about, you know? my soulmate. Yeah. I don't like them. <laughs> like, I can't blame some for, someone for that. I have the same exact perspective. But there was never a problem with Elaine. And I mean, she may not have been as bad as as nesta but that's everybody everybody allowed her to just be the fragile piece of glass and then demonize nesta not just reese everybody had that double standard because i've never thought of it that way yeah it's just it, there are choices made by reese reese specifically in this book that i do not like and it it does i mean i'm not gonna say i don't like him i mean he's still my favorite character in these books he's still your high lord he is my high lord but he should know better and this chapter i think just kind of reinforces the fact that he's i mean he's very capable of making horrible decisions I would say and then he's not, human, but he's not. And not dealing with the consequences. Or what? dealing with them way later when his wife is dying and he's dying and his baby's dying. He made the wrong decision there. Not telling her. And it, it just kind of really pissed me off the first time I read this book. And yeah. the first time I read the special chapter, I was like, what the, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. Don't pull that High Lord crap with him. I mean, you just, you keep sending him off to go and spy on these queens and, and, you know, do all your, your dirty work. And that may be his job. Yeah. But, I mean, he's, he's allowed to feel how he feels, whether you like it or not, whether Lucian decides to 
invoke a blood duel or not that's their choice that's her choice you have to look at the bigger picture though it's such tunnel vision with this one chapter there's such a bigger picture though and we get like one sentence of that and i feel like i feel like we will get more of some sort of extension of this chapter not like directly no but there has to be some sort of reference yeah just like in this book it referenced the nassian chapter from a couple books ago yeah i agree you know I'm sure we'll get something to that effect. But and I, we'll see what perspective it's in. Mm-hmm. It, it's part of the reason I think the next book is going to be a focus on Elaine. Whether it's a novella or a, a full a full novel. Because they, they have to, after the end of this, mm-hmm. put a pin in this story. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Why else would she write this chapter this specific way? Right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, right. we knew, we know. You can just tell by the way that that these books have been written so far that we're going to get something. Elaine's going to go some direction. I don't what want direction to, is she going? I don't want her to end up with either of them. I don't want her to end up with Lucian. I, I hate, I hate that relationship mm-hmm. because it feels strained, strained and forced. Well, yeah. it definitely is because I mean, she's been, pushing against it it's not something you know you know that that bond wasn't something that she has grown up knowing existed i think he's done a decent job of like keeping his distance though in respecting that i i agree that sweet baby deserves the world i really like lucian but i mean it's i wish it never would have happened or if it if the mating bond was established it would have happened at some other point i'm so curious to see where it goes, where where she goes. So curious. You notice that like Cassian and Reese though, like didn't tell their mates they were mates until like they figured it out or like guessed at it. Versus like Lucian just straight up told her, or who told her that they were Lucian. mates? Lucian did. No, it was the second weird. she came out of the cauldron. He's like, oh hey. <laughs> I feel like that's he did weird. not do it like that. <laughs> We're mates. Freaking weirdo. I just feel like it's just it's very different and it's not going well compared to like the other two where it's like yeah. Had she you had know, a figured it out? Yeah. To to heal mentally a bit, right? And then he came around and maybe tried starting things organically. Yeah. Could have been totally different, but there also was so much trauma going on mm-hmm. right there. I don't think it would have been any different because of the way that the scenario played out. Because him and Tamlin are dumb, and they're the reason that they got turned into Faye. You know, she's gonna... Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's not like it's something that would ever happen. I don't think that's that's a trauma that she's just gonna be like, oh, well, he's my mate. It's time to let it go. And I hope that it's not that way. 500 years later. I don't want her with Asriel. I don't either. I don't think so. I want either. No. no. I feel bad for the guy because he just wants to be happy, but I don't think that's it. I want her to go off and live in Moore's little hidden ranch and take care of the horses and plant flowers and just <laughs> heal as a person because she needs it. You know, Nesta's had her time. Farah's had her time. It does kind of seem like it's just like a happy little like oh, there's three brothers and there's three sisters and... No, I would hate that. Four of the six are together, so why not? You know? Like, it's... I think he could be cute with Gwen, though. Yeah, like, relationship by. 
coincidence. Yeah, no. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would maybe be cute with Gwen. I like Gwen. We just had more of a conversation about the special chapter than we did the whole book. <laughs> it just, it did. This this special chapter just really That's ticked good. me off. It was rough. It made so many people mad. The only thing I don't like about it is that he went and re-gifted that necklace. I, I was honestly thinking, I was like, who does that? <laughs> that he had made specially for her. Yeah. That's, uh, it's... It's one of those things where it's like... What if Elaine ever runs into Gwen? That's that's what we're waiting for. That's like, what I'm waiting for. She's friends with her sister. When is she When is she going to see that? And what's going to happen? Yeah. Because that's going to come up again. Right. Right. It's just dumb. <laughs> it was dumb, honestly. Yeah, it was. I understand the intent behind it was pure and that he had good intent. But no, 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 no. Don't do it. That is... Not the smart choice. Anyway, that's going to blow up in his face. Mm-hmm. Stupid. All right, guys. Well, let's rate Let's rate the book. Jess? It's been so long, I don't remember what my other ratings were. They were all very high. That helps me know. <laughs> Do you mean over four? Yep. Four. I would also say four. I think I'm going to go four. Mm. Wow, you're that's all, high for you. You're always so much lower than us. I It's it's a fun read. I mean, I, I like... fun listen. Yeah, I love the character development of Nesta during this book. Honestly, it's probably one of my favorites. Exactly. I love the fact that she created three items, and then me and Jess had an hour conversation about sword names because we couldn't remember the mm-hmm. sword names from throwing a glass yeah 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 mm-hmm. and then she's like we gotta stop talking about this because <laughs> right we haven't read crescent city yet right yes oh my gosh <laughs> <sighs> so many easter eggs but honestly i think that this is my favorite like beginning to end character development thus far i mean we because the majority of the series is about Feyre and resand and all of that. But I, I mean, because I loved Mist and Fury when Feyre was going through her healing ordeal after all that time under the mountain and whatever. Vanessa's was good. I, Very le- well written. Very legitimately, well written. for a character to, to develop this well in just this one book, it's, I wish she would write all of her books like this. Mm-hmm. It's very real. Yeah. In, in the... Um, just self-loathing style of um, and, and just I can't get the words that I'm wanting to say. Never mind. <laughs> when you can't work some through something, and so you just you know. Do the things that hurt you, mm-hmm. essentially. Why can't I freaking figure out what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But even, even like, those, like, small things that seem like nothing to other people but are triggers to you. Like, for Nesta, it was the fire. Mm-hmm. And the crackling of the fire. I mean, that's real stuff. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's things that people don't understand, but it's, like, all this stuff going on in your head. And it was 
it was very well written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the character development in this book. So looking at um, a couple things that the authors said from interviews prior to Frost and Starlet coming out or Silver Flames. I don't remember. Um, essentially, it looks from what was said before, it looks like there should be three more books and one more novella for the Akatar series. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. As long as everything still stayed on schedule as it was, you know, the last time she toured through. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to cover. It's a lot of story left. Well, I mean, there are so many plot points uh-huh. to touch on. Uh-huh. So many. We're going to have a whole book on just Briaxis. <laughs> I mean, we've we've got more and Eris and... Have they Baron start- and Lucian and Helion and uh, have they started putting the window in for him? For real, <laughs> honestly, give that baby a window. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I miss the cereal. <laughs> I was just thinking. Uh, yeah, my heart. Nice. Uh, so I just- we're done with this for now. Yeah, we are done with the Actar series. Yeah. For what's out. And it was only, I looked it up, it was only two, three, three months ago that she said she was working on Akatar again. And that it was consuming her time enough that she had to put things off because she had to, like, get this scene out. So... Might be here before we know it. The internet thinks we'll have more info a short time after CC3 comes out in January. The internet. The internet. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what are you drinking tonight? Twisted tea. My go-to. She's finally digging into the uh, twisted tea that I've had stocked in the fridge for... <laughs> Since July. Yeah. Since my birthday. I am drinking a Bell's Christmas Ale. Ooh. Festive. Ah. This was uh, given to me by the owner of my company. Really? Yep. He's like, you're going to love this. And it's actually Suck really up. good. Do you love it? It's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a Scotch Ale brewed in uh, Comstock, Michigan. Michigan. Where'd he get it? He special ordered them. Cool. Michiganders. Very I, good. I just have a Seagram's Italian Ice. That's been in the fridge since <laughs> July. From, yes, it's a specialty from summer. It's the blue raspberry flavored. Oh. It's all right. It's all I right. love Seagram's. Yeah. Cut the coconut ones. Terrible. Ew. Gross. Mm-mm. Cool. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to A Court of Books and Booze. If you liked what you heard and you heard what you liked, you can email us at acobabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um... Also, please check out the Golden Mojo Entertainment website. That is goldenmojoent.com. And also, please, 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 please check out the other podcast. On Mondays, The Call Guys. On Tuesdays, Golden Image Podcast. On Wednesdays, The United States of Paranormal. On Thursdays, Golden 80s. And Indiana Chiefs fans. On Fridays, 
the bird nerds and us. Sweet. Read with you later.